Season 2, Episode 2, The Power of No. Welcome to Starting Now, a Barry podcast presented by CinemaSins. Barry Podcast with Chris Atkinson and Barrett Shannon and Mike Hester. Hey, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> I say the same thing every time. Yeah. Not creative. Yeah. Who cares? It's just a high. It's all it is. <laughs> it's a high. Um, uh, season two, episode two. Uh, so we start off in this episode with Barry in the car with Noho Hank, and they are scoping out this monastery that the Burmese gangsters esther has uh has uh, set up and this is a funny funny opening to this yeah, episode um he tells him exactly what's going on and and uh tells him that you know hey she's porting people over from burma they are they're staying there in, uh, in a monastery for religious freedom they are uh they're waiting there until they get naturalized and become citizens uh they uh are and they're reporting drugs and guns through there and barry's like that's actually a genius yeah, place yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually a really good idea yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. and uh, no he's like it's okay plan it's an okay plan uh-huh. i guarantee she didn't come up with it uh-huh. <laughs> um and uh and so uh that sets up uh, what barry has to do he's gonna have to he's gonna have to shoot esther can I, I bring up one point of that that opening scene that i love i love when he asks him do you think i'm evil oh yeah and and hank says well yeah of course i think you're evil you're the most evil guy i know <laughs> for for hank this is what he wants he wants to be a mobster and he has that inferiority complex or whatever like he's he's not he says uh he says uh do i not tell you that enough that, yeah <laughs> i know that, that is great. like that affirming like self-help book things like you you keep saying that and mm-hmm. for him that's what he wants that that's what he wants to be and can't be and meanwhile barry is in a completely opposite place again we see so all so many of the characters in this they see the world through their own view and assume that barry sees sees the world through that view reacting through that view uh, you see that with gene and with with sally and, and you're definitely seeing it with hank here yeah, what an existential question to start off an episode with mm-hmm. i mean where where do we stand on this like is he evil mm-hmm. we know at this point his character and his personality and so we're rooting for him at this point we're firmly yeah. in barry's corner because he's trying to change and everything but the methods by which he's trying to make this change are abhorrent, mm-hmm. right? I mean, especially yeah. the whole Janice situation. So why are we still rooting for this guy? You know, I mean, is he objectively evil? I, man, I'm still, yeah, I was at this point and I changed after many, I feel like in over different episodes, I've changed my opinion at this point, especially the way that this episode continues, like I'm on his side. Yeah, you can't That's help how I feel right now, right? Okay, so what's the difference between him and uh, and Breaking Bad? <laughs> it's almost a, a a polar opposite, right? Like he's trying to do the reverse yeah. from Scarface to Mister what Chip? What is it, uh, Mister Pip, Mister Chip? The Vince Gilligan always said that uh, Walter White goes from Mister Pips to Scarface. Oh, Scarface. Yeah. oh okay. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he's he's trying to reverse all that. He starts yeah. at the very 
the worst of the worst, and now he's trying to, to integrate himself into it society. It was easy to root for Walt for a while until he started actually having to kill people to uh, to cover up what he was doing. Yeah. But Barry has had to do the same thing. Yeah, he has. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's an interesting, as this as this show goes on, how close to Walter White are we getting with this Barry character? Because, yes, while he while he is trying to do the right thing, he will do anything to make sure that it doesn't get out. You're but, absolutely right. Yeah, yeah, he's he's like logically he's on the complete different path. But like it, what he's trying to do is is the opposite of that. Right. He's mm. going in two separate directions. That's a great observation, actually. I feel it as he is. I I believe when the series started that he's killed all these these bad guys and like I I could buy that. He's by okay. He's only killed bad guys. He's killed mobsters and and just bad people, drug dealers or whatever. That is okay. Now Fuchs has put that into his head, but he's been able to, to believe that, and I as a viewer have been able to believe that. And as he's gotten into normal society and started met dealing with people then he's had to actually kill normal people but he doesn't want to yeah he's trying to get away from that and then we see in this episode actually actually goes into the monastery he you know he needs to kill esther and then he decides not to yeah so that and th and that makes me on his side this yeah. is something that can only happen on a tv show right because i don't think that people who do this for a living have any feeling one one way or the other about it doesn't seem like it i, I mean, mean I, I i can't imagine anybody going through some existen existential crisis well maybe they do but you know from i think from what what i understand i don't think i think even the writers of barry acknowledge that there aren't very many like hitmen out there mm. like we make it seem there's more hitmen in movies yeah, than there are yeah. in the actual world <laughs> um and it's always interesting to add these little layers like well he does it but he doesn't want to and so now we have to debate whether or not he's good yeah based on based on the fact that he doesn't want to do it and I admit it's hard for me, uh, even, uh, even though I'm seeing a lot of black and white in his character, it's like, uh, I, 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 I'm, I'm not on the, I'm not on the, uh, want him to get caught yet list. Although when he's squaring off with Janice Moss, I like that character so much too. Yeah. You know, it, 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 it's, it, you you kind of do wish that she would be like okay I'll forget about it because you want both of them to to be able to coexist, sure. uh, but uh, this is a this is a tough one. I, I I think we are headed towards a Breaking Bad character arc for Barry. There's no other way to do this. Mm -hmm. I don't think. I mean, maybe somehow, some way through all the madcap adventures that they're planning for him. They'll find a way to make it seem like he's completely well. Yeah, the, the where I won't spoil the end of this season, but the end of the season really takes him into irredeemable territory. Mm -hmm. And if he's not there already, like I, I think yeah, maybe the next season will deal with him actually facing consequences for maybe the first time ever of these horrific choices that he's made. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, you can't get past the fundamental thing where he is great at killing people and great at 
being you know on top of a hill where no one can see him with the rifle shot. He's he's great at sniping. He is not a great actor. Yeah. He is not great at living in the normal world. <laughs> he sucks at seeing he, he, sneaking up he, on people. He sucks at sneaking up <laughs> on people. He he's you know he's awkward. He's just not good at much at, at much of life like that. And he's just fantastic at this other thing. And he keeps he's gonna keep getting pulled back into that because <laughs> people are gonna say, "Hey, I want him. I want Barry to do this." Mm-hmm. So, uh, it sucks for him. Yep. <laughs> On, uh, yes, it does. <laughs> sucks for you. That's why this show exists. It sucks for him. Barry sucks for him. Um, meanwhile, on uh, at the uh, at the acting class, they are doing this exercise where everybody's got their 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 story that uh, def- like I guess not. They don't haven't gotten to the define them part yet. Mm. I think it's just tell a story, have these people interpret it. So we have these just insane <laughs> we have um was it natalie yeah natalie has the one about she remembers that she was a twin that smothered oh. her twin <laughs> in the womb oh my god <laughs> and 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 uh, and of course you know these actors trying to pull this off is just the most insane <laughs> thing ever and uh and so like he the 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 one guy in like uh, suffocates the the twin and Gene's like so is this how you, I know you were a fetus but you, <laughs> but is this how you remember it and she goes more or less yeah uh-huh. <laughs> and uh and then it goes through all these other people this is the great callback by the way which I did not notice in this uh, because it had been so long since I between seasons when I first saw this episode but um uh the one for eric jermaine and and uh and uh i think natalie play the uh play the uh play his parents and say sorry you know it's not your fault but we're divorcing we're gonna be apart and then they stand stand, and uh and then jermaine comes up goes and oh yeah by the way clean up all these bodies that are in here you serial killer (laughs) and uh and uh it's a callback to that episode where the three people who were tall enough were called into janice's office and jermaine is talking to barry and jermaine's like it's like you know who did that i bet eric did this (laughs) He's like, look at him. And Eric waves at him. And Jermaine's like, see? see? Yeah. <laughs> it's a great callback. Um, but uh, they're they're doing these things that that uh, Gene finds pretty much fundamentally false. And he's like, why don't we do something that defines us like Barry did with the Afghanistan story? So he says, hey, you know, his story was so real and so raw and emotional. And everybody's like, well, yeah, he went to war and everybody's like, yes, I know everybody's jealous that he went (laughs) to war. (laughs) I know that you would, you want to be in the shit just like he was. (laughs) And, uh, but he's, he's like, he's like, we should, we should come up with stories that define us and act that out on stage, write our own thing, act it out on stage. And, uh, he says that line, Let's make it about us for a change. Yeah. <laughs> My God. How up your own ass do you have to be to utter that phrase? Oh, I know. Holy crap. Uh, and then we, we start seeing a little bit more of this this small rift that uh, Sally is above this cloud, class. She decides that she doesn't she doesn't go up to on stage. She's got all this exciting stuff with Gersh. Mm. 
And Gersh has, you know, we'll get into this, but Gersh isn't exactly like getting her like huge plum rolls or anything, but she feels like she needs to be a part of this. They've made a reel for her. This is going to have showcase all of her acting talent. What a great way to to introduce what she's been doing over mm-hmm. these this period of time. And it, it gets referenced many, many times, like, you know, her being in, what is it, Future Space? Yes, Future yeah. Space. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then, like, you know, all the these other three like, prosecutors. <laughs> and uh, uh, That's great, man. But and, you, I, I thought she was going to be one of the lead prosecutors. Oh, no, she's the person behind. By the way, <laughs> so, so much is being said by all three of these things that are on her reel. Um, the first one is men taking charge and not giving women anything to do, uh, which we see in a lot of Michael Bay movies. We see it in a lot of movies that are not Michael Bay, but like, but like the guy's like, I'm going to go after these guys. She goes, is there anything that I can do to help? Yeah. Just just let me do my job. Uh (laughs) And, uh, uh, so, so that's a fundamental role that women are always given wife roles, like let me be worried about my husband or be, or be uh worried about whoever's going out there to do the real stuff and it's not a character it's just like as sasha's talking about with the british accents being british is not a character yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. that was in that first episode yeah. uh it, you know being a wife and just being concerned about your husband or whatever is not a big deal the next one i think says maybe more than the, the three prosecutors one says maybe more than any of them because yes we do think it's sally in the in the front mm-hmm. front row and this is not even a show that got got picked up because the guy the one guy one of the mics is like is like why did this show not get picked <laughs> up yeah. but uh, we see the blonde hair in the foreground and the guy is like you guys have battled sexism and all this stuff and now you're my prosecutors and everything and there's these three women and they're all just drop dead gorgeous mm-hmm. women sally's not gorgeous enough yep, to be no. in this role uh-uh. that's what that sh- that is saying even though it doesn't say it anywhere yeah but it's clear she can play that that's the thing that they're 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 subtly saying with this is that she's not pretty enough oh oh yeah. i'm i in the first season when she goes to that audition that she eventually gets p- kicked out for for the uh the the military doctor or whatever mm-hmm. it is sarah goldberg is objectively beautiful yeah yeah, gorgeous even. Mm-hmm. But you see her in that room with people with women that are like at a different level. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. You're like, oh, she somehow looks homely in this situation, and that's that's exactly what that leads to in, in the the prosecutor's thing mm-hmm. is that even as as beautiful as she is, there's another tier in Hollywood standards. Yeah. You know? And her her role is to come in to the be the secretary yeah. and be like, yeah, I got somebody on line five or whatever. And he goes, he's like, he's like, tell them to hold on. I'm talking to my prosecutor. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then yes, future space, <laughs> dude from uh, Better Call Saul is playing the playing the father, and he's telling his son, we're gonna we're gonna get out of here, we're gonna escape. And the son's like, don't we die if we escape? Uh-huh. And and then uh, and then it, it comes up to. Uh, to Sarah, to Sally's role, and she's the mom, but she's got this awful like, you know, basically saying, "Pay attention to your father; he's the man." And uh, and uh, then the ship blowing up, and these two mics who are in this Gersh are like, they're just, they just, they don't give a shit, man. Mm-hmm. It's pretty clear. Like, it, it, I don't know 
how familiar you guys are with those this type of person but like they they're excited about this stuff but they say they say stuff that's like you're way too excited about this yeah you're not even giving me the like the benefit of saying okay not the greatest yet at least give me that. Yep. Don't don't sit here and champion this. This is all oh, this. The the one mic guy is like he's like this is so fucking exciting, and <laughs> uh-huh. you know, and it's not. It's yeah. not exciting. It's it's a reel that's got some very basic nonsense on it. It may help you get some more work, but it's not it's not the breakthrough. Mm. And uh and but these guys are just like yeah. But she does have a champion in this room, played by the one woman in the room who's playing this. It's Lindsay is mm-hmm. her name. Uh, and she's the one who's actually going out and doing the work. It looks like while these other two guys just like pretend like this is all, all good mm-hmm. and everything. I want to go back. Not too far back, but mm-hmm. right when she is leaving for this meeting and you know, so she ends up not doing her thing so that she can go to the Gersh and she has to drop Gersh in there and how proud she is that she has representation at this, this place and she has to rub that in everybody's faces and they all resent her for it. And it's so funny that she, and I think going back to the last episode, we, we were talking about, she is still in this because she's the top dog and that's what she wants to be. Mm-hmm. One in Hollywood. Meanwhile, in this, she is very much at the, the lowest rung mm-hmm. of the ladder. She hasn't done much anything and she hasn't able to accept that. I, I love that dichotomy and I love how awkward it was when she was leaving and how she had, she had to have that scene for mm-hmm. her. it's like it's like someone who's graduated from high school right yeah. they're a freshman in college and they mm-hmm. come back and they're like you know they used to be the big fish and now they're a really small fish yeah yeah uh it's got that it's got that quality to it doesn't it um uh it's got to be how hollywood works too right oh yeah there's got to be so much inside baseball in this like the the over enthusiastic agency and mm-hmm. stuff like that and you know really putting lipstick on a pig as far as dressing up these roles that are thankless roles well this is sort of the you know i don't know if you guys watch entourage at all oh, yeah. but there's a season where Vinny uh quits the quits the one that Ari that he's with been with Ari Gold this whole time and uh, he quits him somewhere midway through the season and then he's looking for representation and then there's this one episode where he's going around all the agents and these agents all have that same package where they're like like everybody is selling their brand out there McDonald's Microsoft Vinny chase <laughs> and uh and so like like everybody's got this presentation and he finally he goes to ari gold and he's like well this is the guy this is my boy he's not gonna have some fakey fakey thing and he has the exact same yep. presentation um so yes i have a feeling that this happens quite a bit yeah um she does go back to the to the uh, acting class and she's on stage and she um she's not doing her character she's just complaining about how gersh isn't giving her the strong parts and kuzino says why can't you lend your truth she says i can't i can't experience my truth with these weak parts and he goes why can't you and uh and so he doesn't answer anything and she sort of comes to all this realization on stage she's like she's like she says, wait a minute, are you trying to tell me that because I was married and he was abusive and I stayed in for years that I that I was weak in my marriage and that's why I'm getting these weak parts? And he just stands there. He's just staring at yeah. her, right? Yeah. yeah. This is a this is the well, maybe not the first, but this is one in a series 
of brilliant monologues yes. from Sarah Goldberg. There's yeah. there's one later that oh that it blows that out of the water. I, yeah. I'm getting chills thinking about it just now, but um, but yes, it's it's her going through this whole thing, and she goes and she's by the end of her talking about this abuse thing, he 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 says, uh, "Isn't this your story? Mm. Isn't this the thing that you need to mm. that you need to talk about?" And uh, and so yes, that's what becomes sort of that. We see again how good he is. He can be as a teacher, especially with her. Mm-hmm. He can yeah. bring something out of her there. Her problem is not that she's booking work. Yeah, <laughs> her, her problem is this this old thing. And Sally just uh, Sally really doesn't want to face that but she kind of needs to and that that leads to the whole seeking your truth thing that ties in with barry and all isn't that what he says even he says he says what are we supposed to be feeling bad for you because you're booking work yes exactly. <laughs> uh, that's a great I, I really do love this interaction you're absolutely right he gets this out without saying anything yep. and and for a guy as garrulous as uh as kuzno mm-hmm. it's odd that like he just shuts up and just looks at her mm-hmm. and i've had those experiences especially in, in like psychiatry where the less that you say the more that you're going to elicit mm-hmm. like you you can literally just prompt with your with your eyes and that that's the dynamic that they have right there and it, it does show that he's good at this mm-hmm. every episode is some little hint that he's excellent as this uh, acting coach. Realize he's only uh, as good a teacher as the te- as the students mm-hmm. are in front of him because he realizes he could he could try really hard and try to get some of these guys to to act right, but they're not they don't have it they don't have it. He knows that she does, and so he uses different techniques with her, and then even with Barry too. Yeah. Um, so he knows that she, he can he can bring the best out of her by doing certain things and he can't do that with anybody else all the other ones when they go up there and they they do their thing on stage mm-hmm. and they have these shots where he's just rolling his eyes oh yeah and yeah, they, they do that pretty uh, consistently if you look for it so yeah by the way they did this i think they started this towards the end of the uh, last season but they did move away from that whole movie part thing. Yeah. They it, you, it started off as this funny joke that they were just doing movie roles and they even mm. make a mention of it. He says, "Ah, it's an LA acting class. I guess they do movie roles." And I get the sense that maybe possibly people around LA said, "No, there's they do they do plays and stuff." Mm. You know, that this feels really false to me. So they've They've completely gotten away really from that. Really have. I didn't even realize that until you just said it. But no. yeah, starting with Macbeth, essentially, mm-hmm. starting with the Shakespeare thing. Yeah, they've they've gone into, you know, the front page and all that stuff and now doing these self-written uh, memoirs, essentially, on stage. That's interesting. Cousineau mm-hmm. huh. is looking at a picture of him and we see the young Henry Winkler <laughs> uh-huh. uh, holding a baby. And it's, uh, you know, it's maybe from the 70s or something like that. Uh, and he decides that he's going to reunite with his son, uh, who runs a, a like a like a produce thing in a farmer's market. Yeah. Um, and I think this is funny too. He he goes up to his son's not watching, but he goes up to the like peaches or whatever, and he picks up the peaches, and the peaches start falling and everything. And uh, and everywhere is this thing that says Cousineau produce, Cousineau <laughs> yeah, this, yeah. and and uh, his son turns around and is like, Dad, and he goes, and Dad, and he's like, Gene's like, Oh my God, what a coincidence! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, 
It's uh, it's setting up a thing that we're not too certain about with this. Uh, mm-hmm. We don't know how this is going to play into anything. We know he's sort of in this time is short. I wanna I wanna see if I can have any kind of meaningful relationship after Janice. Yeah. Uh, we know that's sort of the but what plot wise we don't quite know yet. Yeah. Um, I was really concerned. I think I. I said it in one of the earlier episodes, really concerned that this was going to lead to, it's like, like, oh, we're going to explore this other side of our other characters that I did not want it to happen. And you see that in second seasons a lot with other shows, and they're trying to figure out, where do we go with this? We'll explore this character. It's like, eh, eh, I don't yeah. really want that. But you saw, you see here, as I watched it again, and as the, the season goes on, it does fit into the jigsaw that they are putting all these pieces together, because... This ends up uh, changing Gene. It, yeah, yeah. And it, there, it, he, this... he plays a more substantial role as this season goes on, yeah. for sure. I, I'm like you. I was like, man, uh, do we really need this? Yeah. The, the really cool part of that scene is that it's very natural. It's exactly how you would yeah. act. It's not like he doesn't have like all this angst towards dad, uh, even though he hasn't seen him in like 10 years or something uh-huh. like that. Uh, it's it's just very natural. He's like, man, you've never been a part of my life. I'm fine without you. And you can see where Kuzino isn't super like inside, like his guts, like pining for this relationship. It's it's almost superficial. Like he's introducing himself to him again, you know. And it's it's not like you know the the father pines to have this, and the son has all this angst. It's just more of like a natural conversation that they're mm-hmm. having, mm-hmm. having been apart for all these years. And he says something that really affects Gene, where he says, you, "You know, I don't need you in your life. What you you have your theater, and it's just like a temple to your ego." Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And and he really internalizes that because it changes something that happens with Barry. If, oh if yeah, get yeah. Back into the berry plot if well yeah we this is this scene is bookended um by you have uh Cousineau saying you're doing the afghanistan story barry says can't i just change this to the time i met you <laughs> and of course this is very big and feeds into his ego oh, yeah. and everything and uh he's like he's like yes let's do that and he's like, i can even go back to the archives and come up with some tapes <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh, oh. <laughs> and uh and barry's like no no not not necessary and everything he's like well you know what i'll go ahead and do it anyway i'll go ahead and get get natalie to do it this is the other thing we i don't know if i noticed this in the first season but a couple of times natalie is just a bitch boy yeah uh like um he he when he's ready to leave he throws the keys over her head yeah. onto the stage and says hey get my car uh-huh. and then and in this one he's like i'll go get natalie to do to run all this stuff in the archives for me uh, <laughs> so he knows that she he can just push her around and everything i feel so bad for that I know, character I know. um everybody pushes her around. yeah it's so it's so true um so then this this scene with his son happens when he comes back that by the way before we get into this this is one of my favorite sight gags of all time that happens in this. So he's looking at all these posters of him, like he's in Macbeth. Yeah, he's in um, uh, what is it? Uh, before uh, he's in a couple others, but then the one goes over and it says, "Gene M. Cousinow is Twelve Angry Men." <laughs> yes, that was great. <laughs> That's a one man play. That's great. 
uh-huh. <laughs> is. Um, and he hears um, he hears Barry, and I gotta come up with this guy's name. That's he comes up in these in these. Uh, it's uh, Antonio. Yeah. Um, Antonio is playing Cousineau <laughs> in this, and Barry is basically playing it kind of like he did when he was at the car with Cousineau and telling him this story. And, uh, and, and Antonio is like just fucking everything up. Like Mm. he's mispronouncing words and all that. It could be a second language type of thing Mm. going on, but, uh, he's, he's, he's messing it up. And, uh, Gene comes in and witnesses this and basically says, okay, you're doing Afghanistan. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, because this is, this is bullshit. This isn't working. And he's had that talk with his son about, you know, the temple to your own ego is like, well, this is just another part of that. That's. That that's affected it, and that that has changed the story. And really, when you're watching them do this together, that's not real. It's not mm-hmm. really what. No, it's happened. a stupid idea. It's a, yeah. it's a dumb idea, <laughs> and it doesn't work. And it's all, it's it is the idealized thing in Barry's head, and not actually what happened, which is fascinating because that ties back into Sally, and how it is the i you know she has the idealized version of what she did with her husband. That comes up a little bit later yep. in the series. Oh, it comes up several times yeah. in different iterations. Yeah. And I think that's fucking brilliant the way that they do that. It's great. And it starts here where she's on stage and she just says, I, you know, I got away from it. I was, you know, I just did all the right things. And, and, you know, she has this self, I am awesome thing mm-hmm. when she got away from it now she's not with violent men anymore yeah. oh yeah <laughs> uh. although you know here's a here's a question though contextually uh she isn't with somebody who's going to hit her right i mean yes he's a violent man it's 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 a it's a little bit of a blanket term that she uses and I think we know in context it doesn't mean Barry because Barry's mm-hmm. not the type who's just going to fly at, fly off of a- in anger and start hitting her and stuff like that. Um, is this in the first episode where she he gets praised by Gene and then they go outside and she talks to him and says, uh, he's like, are you going to be there for me? And she goes, well, not tonight. I've got to do, I've got to have uh, drinks with Gersh. And, uh, and then, and tomorrow it'll have to be after yoga, but before my audition, and then I'll have to be uh, working towards my audition anyway, Mm. but I'll, we'll find a window Mm. and everything. Um, and there's another point. So that's an, that's a, that's a thing that I think is, you know, starts the little bit of a crack. There's also, I think it's either in the first or second episode where she, she, I believe it's in the first one because she says that you've t- taken down your walls now. She thinks it's because of what she was saying. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that brought that wall down mm-hmm. when it was really him trying to save the class and everything. And, uh, and she just doesn't know his motivations at this point. So she thinks, Oh, well, it's because of me because I told him to tear down that wall. Yep. So more of the self-centeredness that a lot of these characters have. No. So, yeah. You know, and oh, she, yeah. especially. Yeah, yeah so. for sure. And so now uh, that now that sort of leads us to what his task is task at hand is, is which he goes back to his apartment. He's living with Jermaine and this other that guy. What is his name? Is it Nick? Nick. Yeah. He's uh, he's living with them and, and they're obviously just like bumming off of him and stuff. <laughs> they're playing a video game and not even really paying attention when Barry comes in. He, Barry's actually got the perfect place to be at. Sure. He's, nobody's going to. Yeah, I bet Bad you. An eye. I bet you his name's not even on the lease. 
That's yeah, a, yeah. I, I mean, because bit. he's probably keeping a low profile and he doesn't want Fuchs to find him. Yeah, he uh, Barry's like, I got your Gatorade. And he's like, oh, that's awesome. And he's like, oh, can I get you tomorrow? <laughs> Jermaine's like, I can get you tomorrow. I don't have any money right now. And Barry's like, yeah, sure, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. He's never been about money anyway. Goes into his room and he unzip his, unzips his box spring, which has got tons of weapons in it. <sighs> And uh, and he puts that bullet in the yeah. the uh, the bullet that uh, Noho Hank gave him uh, into the little magazine, and now it's on. He's going yeah. up to the monastery to kill Esther, mm-hmm. and once again he goes in. He's got the perfect shot. The, they're turned around. Everything he could kill and just go. He doesn't do it. Why? Why doesn't? Yeah, he? that's a good question, right? I don't. He's I already don't he's already seen what's happened. What happens when he doesn't do a job? And 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 he knows what will happen if he doesn't do this job. He's he's in a situation where that is the absolute worst decision that you could do is not kill this person because a Hank has threatened the class if he doesn't do this. Mm-hmm. B she's an like an objectively bad person, so it's not mm-hmm. like he's he's killing somebody that uh, like uh, like Taylor or somebody like that, right? Uh, and and like. He's right there. It is it is the most simple plan possible. And for the first time, besides the Taylor thing, we see him just like just peace. Like mm-hmm. I, I, I don't I don't get I that. Think, I understand how it goes plot wise, but I don't understand why. I think it goes back to the starting now thing. He does not want to kill anymore. And that he is, hasn't killed anybody. He hasn't since killed then, right? anybody. He doesn't want to kill anybody. He is being forced to kill someone here and he can't do it because mm. in his head this is where the, the morality has gotten to where killing people is bad which is a good place to be <laughs> for most of us but in this case he probably should have just done it but his head's not quite there he does I he doesn't so. want to be a hitman anymore so he has to get out of there and and it is good for the plot that i can see yeah it honestly it honestly does end the whole all the all the loose threads are done at this point i think if if he i mean in his mind it should be he doesn't know about fuchs yet um this would be the end if he did it right here because no one else is going to be coming after him fuchs is in cleveland he think well he he still is but Mm -hmm. uh there's no reason that he's going to be coming back he's been at that place before though if he had just killed taylor it would have it would have ended some if he had uh, he thought with Paco that it was just going to be done mm. and it wasn't. So, so maybe he has gotten to the point now where it just never ends. And yeah, and maybe he's willing to I mean, maybe he's thinking uh, he, is he thinking I'll, I'd rather die now than do this? Because I don't know, because he puts the the class at risk too. Yeah, that's the this. thing. That's the problem. That's the one. That's the one issue. Yes. Plot wise, this has to happen. Mm hmm. Uh, it's just that I kind of wish it was one of those things where he did it or he tried to do it and failed mm-hmm. instead of just didn't do it. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and I understand character wise, he doesn't want to do it, but it doesn't make sense really for him not to at this yeah. point. I don't, I don't think he really is able to think. I mean, I mean, he, he's not like a full person in many ways and yeah he is really good at killing someone but he's always had fuchs to tell him what to do Mm. and in this case he's trying to make decisions on his own and he's just not good at it and here's another 
likely bad decision. Yeah. So. Compounded too. Yeah. So yeah. what happens? He he uh he turns around, he hears some voices, he's like, Oh, better duck out of here, and he goes through this door, and guess what? Everybody in the Jesus fucking Christ. world uh-huh. is in behind this this door. The entire Burmese gangster outfit is is uh is there and he kind of he looks down at his gun and he's like just kind of backs out <laughs> walks out the front door and then he goes to his car and then meanwhile there's like all these guys chasing him uh and he gets in the car and he starts driving off but uh they shoot the back of his windshield and then he wrecks his car into mm. a van uh loses consciousness loses consciousness for just enough time to wake up and then walk away and yep. um and uh and get out of that situation. So he fails to fails to shoot her and then when he comes back, Fuchs is waiting for him at his apartment. <laughs> he's had a rough night. He has. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he has and uh and he's like he's like, "Hey buddy, they caught they caught me out in Cleveland and all that." And uh they say, "Did you kill a cop? Did you kill a cop?" And Maybe something inside of Barry realizes, what do you give a shit? Yep. Yeah. And decides not to tell him or confirm it in any way. And he's like, he's like, just get the fuck out of here. I don't want to see you again and everything. And, and, uh, and he goes into his apartment and then we find out Fuchs is on camera and Loach is in a van and, and he's like, I can get him. Just give I'm, me another chance. I know. And, and this again is me like saying Fuchs is such a fucking scumbag and a cockroach yeah. and that he I know he cares about Barry. I know he does. And and that does come up later on. But he's just willing to sell him out yeah. at I mean, the drop of again, a fucking hat. Again, he cares about himself more than he cares about yeah. Barry. So it makes sense. I don't I don't think they're mutually exclusive though yeah. to to care about one person but yeah. care about yourself more. But it's really interesting that we are mad at Fuchs for doing that. For he doesn't want to go to jail, so he's going to sell his friend. Well, Barry didn't want to go to jail, so he killed Chris. Well, why, why do we not? There's Jay- that. And what's interesting <laughs> when when Fuchs does confront him, it drives home that not only did Barry kill uh, Janice to keep his life the way it was, mm-hmm. he killed a cop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I, it, that didn't even sink in until he said that. Like how what a line that he crossed, you know, personally. But then, like, you know, that that's you don't kill cops. Mm-hmm. Right. It really makes me feel bad that at the end of the episode I'm still on his side. <laughs> it makes me like that's what, I'm what, saying, what does it man? say about me He's as a so person? Evil. Maybe the show is trying to say this guy is evil. Stop rooting for him. But right. you, you can't help it. There are a lot of there I think there may be a lot of uh, other uh, factors other than the fact that he brings up this cop killing thing and why do you care and all that. Uh how did you find me? That was another yeah. thing. He he didn't tell Fuchs where he was living. Uh, the other thing is, is, um, God, he found, there's three things in this, I believe. One is that he found him. And then the other thing was bringing that up. So at least there are at least a few things about this that are so like out of, out of the ordinary to him that he realized that might be the reason why he doesn't kill Fuchs right then and there. Mm. Uh, because he might have an, somewhat of an idea that, you know, he's at least got a wire on Mm -hmm. him. Um, yeah. and I think he definitely he would definitely err on the side of not saying something. That yeah. is probably uh, surely that's a learned trait of his, mm-hmm. where you know you you just don't ever admit it ever. Why would you? What what's good is that? Yeah, mm-hmm. he's trained to kill her. He knows to do that. So. Right. 
but that's how uh, that's how this one ends. Yeah, great at the very end. I love the editing where you find out that he's wearing a wire, and he's like, he's like, no, I can get him. Okay, and he, you know, he puts up his hands or whatever, looking looking back at Loach, and you see Loach in there with the screen and all that. Again, simple, direct. Tells you everything that you need to know right there with just you know just a couple of cameras. Mm-hmm. So, I yeah. think I think Hero Mirai and Bill Hader should just direct every yeah, episode. Yeah, pretty sounds good to me. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Alec Berg is is certainly good too. But, but uh, yeah, there's a. I think it's either. I, I think it's this episode. We we get some seeds of what's going to happen with Loach later when he's on the computer and he sees his wife and that dude Ronnie is like holding her at this beach and everything. <laughs> and and it made me wonder if the character character of may isn't just like some airhead or whatever because it's almost like she's needling him mm-hmm. uh because she goes oh my god is that is that the the uh the new guy mm. and uh he goes you, you, you kind of wish that they just had a had a dog or something and he's like well, he's, he's he's with another person oh my god i think about my own life and talks <laughs> about uh-huh. like i uh, yeah i have a kid and i don't know how that how that, that would be terrible and oh you have a kid too yeah <laughs> you, know? <laughs> <laughs> you know uh so she she might be playfully needling him uh throughout this but you don't know she's kind of she's kind of got that airhead kind of quality to her yeah it, it i'm glad you brought that up because it's very interesting and, and important that uh he goes to cleveland by himself by Does himself not bring her with her which is something i missed the first time watching through yeah um but yeah. he's 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 justifying it by saying this is personal this is my partner and you got to understand that, and that's why you're going to be on the sidelines while I do this. And uh, yeah, you, you almost wonder if he keeps her separate because of that, because he, he's not treating her well at all. No, for so a fellow cop who's supposed to be his new partner. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, that'll do it for uh, season two, episode two. Uh, where can people find us and talk about this episode? Go to the Twitter and and follow at now starting. And you'll get access to the beautiful brain of Mr. Mike Hester and his berry knowledge. And you oh, can tweet oh. me at Music Video Sins. Uh, you can email us at cinemasinsincast mm-hmm. at gmail.com. And you can go to SoundCloud and sound off with comments and questions and discussion and stuff like that. Uh, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll, get, we'll get that going. All right. Well, I'll do it for this episode. It's Chris Atkins and Barrett Shear and Mike Hester. We'll see you next time.